This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So another great big good morning to everyone. It is great to be here with, with you today and to, to get a chance to speak to this, to this idea of, of work. And, you know, it's interesting with work is, is work is just, it's tricky, right? And we can think about work experiences, and, and we're talking work here in all its senses, both the work that we do at home that may not be paid and the work that we do get paid for. And it's just a tricky, it's a tricky topic. It was interesting. I was at a wedding a few weeks ago, and I asked someone, I said, well, it was driving with a doctor, and I said, what's the busiest day of the week in the emergency room? This is an ER doctor. Can anybody guess what day it is? Sunday, that's a good guess, not true. It's Monday. And do you know why Mondays are the busiest day in ERs? Because it's the day of the highest rate of heart attacks. 11% higher than any other day of the week heart attacks on Monday. So that means all of you get to take off tomorrow. You know, it's, it's interesting, right? And, and, and to think that, that most people, I, I don't even know whether most is maybe the right word, but that for a lot of people, work really is that hard. It creates that much stress. And it is something so important for us to talk about and, and to think about and to think about how work, uh, how maybe we can hold it differently. The work world... I hope I get a big amen on this. The work world, I think, has changed dramatically over the last 20 years. Is that accurate? Yeah. You know, far different. I mean, I, I look at our kids, my kids, who are now, they're not kids, they're, in, they're in, well into their 20s. What are the odds, I think, of them retiring with a pension? What are the odds of them having one job for 30 plus years? You know, what are the odds? No, pretty slim. So it's a different world than what I grew up in. And, and yet, how can we, even in these uncertain times, find ways to kind of look at work and, and be clear about what the challenges are and be clear about where we can go with it? So I want to start with, with this basic question. And it's a question of what is, it, what is it that makes work so hard for people? So you can just shout out some answers there. Again, we've got a smaller summertime crowd. What, what just are some things that you think makes work hard for some people? Co-workers, yes. If it only weren't for the other people, we'd be all good. Expectations. Stress. Pardon? Monotony. Yeah, like the same thing over and over again. Huh? Yeah, pressure. That pressure to perform. You know, that, that every year, you know, when we get, yeah, the, just the pressure to perform is, is challenging. You know, uh, even as a pastor, I feel that sometimes. Like, heaven forbid I ever have a bad sermon, which I know I have had, trust me. But, but it just is that pressure, like trying every week to like, oh, can I do it better than I did last week? That pressure can be big. So there's a lot of different things. I want to just share a, a, a couple with you. You know, one I think is, is technology. Take a look at this slide. I'll take you a second to get it. Do you get that slide? All right? I am the old lady. <laughs> you know, I, I try as hard as I can to be good at tech stuff. I'm not. Even, even today, we just got a, I, I'm standing over here, I get a text message, the sound is fuzzy online, you know, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know, all those pieces are, are just challenging. The tech part's happening is, is a challenge. This is also a challenge, I think. Take a look at this next picture. Even on our good days, 
you know, rough stuff can happen. Here's, here's a story for you. You know, I, I think I do a pretty righteous wedding. Chris Dunn, you better say yes on this. Uh, you know, I think, I think I could do a good wedding, right? But I, I did this wedding, and I'm, I'm leaving up from the cathedral. I'm walking behind this couple, and it's a younger couple, and she absolutely did not like my wedding at all. She's just telling her husband about what a terrible preacher I was and this, that, and the other thing. The husband sees me out of the corner of his eye, and he starts giving her, her the mom-mom pinch, you know, the pinch right on the back of the arm trying to get her attention to, like, turn around. And, and even when I think I do good stuff, I know it doesn't work fully. It never does. Like, that's just life as well. And I think as well, the third challenge we have with a lot of work these days is that that dividing line, take a look at this little cartoon, that dividing line is really difficult. I can't remember, do I work at home or do I live at work? You know, I think that's really true. You know, it's hard to feel like you're really off. And, and even, even the, you know, I think about the vacation we just had, you know, and there's, there's part of me that um, is like, yep, this is the time I put my phone away, I put on the messenger, and I don't reply to any messages, and that usually lasts till Wednesday. And then I feel such guilt around, I may be missing that email, whatever that email is. Does that, raise your hand if that makes some, that makes some sense for you. You know, and that's, and that's tough. That's a hard, a hard place to be. So I want to talk about, like, given all these challenges, which, which are sort of knowns, and I don't feel like religion solves any of this stuff. Like, church is not here to tell you how, to, how technology can work or not. But we may be able to, like, learn something from each other today, some different ways of holding it. Now, it starts with this, with what are your gifts. This is a beautiful piece, piece of new church here, talking about what our gifts are. Everyone is their own unique love and their own unique understanding. That's beautiful. What they say or do carries within it that essence, the essential parts of their life. So that's the idea that, that, that we all have really, really a unique skill set. And yet that skill set can be, can be hard and it can be challenging when we're in work environments where we don't feel like it's acknowledged or we don't feel like we're really able to be who we are. Some of you are laughing in the audience as soon as I said that, but I won't point you out. And, you know, it, it is. It's really challenging. You know, and, and it's, it's really challenging as a boss, too. I find, you know, a, a somebody who's in a leadership position, it's hard for me to remember to acknowledge people's gifts because I have something called my agenda. You know, that this is the way things should look. But it can avoid that time of really trying to discover where people are and, and what they're thinking about. So what I want to do is I want to read a parable to you. Then I'm going to talk about it in a way that's a total flip of what, the way we normal hear it, normally hear it. And I'm going to be asking for three volunteers from the studio audience. So get ready to volunteer the person beside you. And uh, three volunteers who I'm going to have come up front to kind of show this, show how this works. This is from Matthew 25. Famous parable, but I'm, I'm going to offer a different reading on it. It's a parable of the talents. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar, Jesus most of the time spoke kind of metaphorically. He spoke poetically because he felt... The, the thing with the poetic truth is a poetic truth isn't truth just once, it's true forever and always. So he gives this, this parable trying to say, well, this is what heaven is like. And I feel like a lot of the time, actually, we misunderstand this parable. So I'm going to read it, and then hopefully we can clear up some misunderstanding and talk about actually how it works. He's talking about heaven here. Again, it's like a man going on a journey who called his servants and trusted his property to them. Now it's important. It's like a person on a journey. Welcome to our lives 
To one, he gave five talents of money, to another two, to another one, each according to their ability. So five, two, and one. Then he went on the journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once, put his money to work, gained five more. So also the one who had two gained two more. But the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants returned, settled accounts. The man who received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five. See, I have returned more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put them in charge of many things. Now, I want to say here, his master. We look at that and we think his master. And I have always read this thinking he's talking about God there. I don't want you to think of that actually talking about God. It's not what it says here. It says this is about a man going on a journey. It's about you going on a journey. There's a master in your head who's doing this kind of divvying up. So listen to it from that angle. The man with the two talents also came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. I have gained two more. His master said, Well done, good and faithful servants. You've been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered, scattered seed, and I was afraid, went out and hid my talent in the ground. See here, see, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew well that I harvested where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I should have received what I gave you with interest. Take the talent from him and give to the one who has ten. For everyone who has more, more will be given. Everyone who has less, what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Does that sound like a Jesus line to throw a servant out? No, it doesn't. And it just like disturbs me. I've had a couple, just an aside, all right? Here's New Jersey. I'm going to Ohio for a second. I really dislike mean Christianity. Like people who use Christianity in mean ways, who use passages like this as a way to, to isolate and to, and to hurt other people. I've seen it way too many times. Mark Twain, people who are religious in the worst meaning of the word. You know, as Gandhi said, I love your Christ, I just don't love your Christians. That, that bit of like, we can't read this as like God's up there and he's going to go like, You didn't do everything you could out. That's not it. How many of us really do everything we can every day? Are there any of you here who do that? Because I want to talk to you. (laughs) We're always coming up short. Like, our intentions, I think, are the best, right? We, We intend to do well. But do we always deliver on every little thing? No. And if you're really young, wait till you have kids, you'll know exactly what I mean. We never quite deliver fully. So I want to talk about, about these parables here. Now I need three really brave volunteers who are come down here and you're going to hold some bills down here. All right, so I need three volunteers. doesn't matter age or anything or whether you're volunteering the person beside you. Whatever, come on down. And give them a round of applause, folks, so they know that they're, whoop, that they're loved. All right. So come, come here, line up right here. Chris, by the way, you just were so good this morning. That was really good. All right, Beth, right here in the middle. All right. So, so we, have, we have five talents, we have two talents, and we have one talent. All right? 
Now, I want you to look at this next question up here that we're going to put up on the screen. And it says, where are you a two-talent person? Where are you a five-talent person? We all have those parts, right, where our life, where we're a five-talent person. Maybe it's, I don't know, gymnastics, you know, that you're really good at. You're a five-talent person with that. And maybe you're a two-talent person. Who can just shout out where they're a two-talent person, just so these people feel at ease? Where are you sort of like, you know, I'm mediocre, and that's good. Where are you sort of mediocre? Cooking, right? Like, I'm a two, but I like cooking, all right? So I want to talk about this for a minute. So, so we have those, hold up your five here, Chris. We have those parts where we have the five talents. Like, we're just really good at something like search engine optimization. That's Chris's job. All right, we're just really good at it. And then we have these parts where we're two talent. We're like, we're like in the middle. So what's, what's a middle talent for you? Cooking, so we got two, two, two mediocre cooks right here. Bring on the Kraft macaroni and cheese. And then we have these pieces here where they're like one talent. Now, folks, I, I wanna, would you be careful with this, all right? We have those places where we may not be that talented, but does that mean we don't love it? Does it mean we don't love it? No. So Beth, where's there something where you're like, yeah, I, I just, I'm a one-talent person. I don't got a lot of talent here, and it's okay. I was going to say cleaning and organizing. Cleaning and organizing, <laughs> cleaning and organizing. That's good. That's good. Because she can say that with a smile, and welcome to somebody who should always hire somebody to clean and organize. Right? Now, the problem is, folks, what we do is we have certain cultural norms where we say, if you're good at this, you are a five regardless. These are known as cultural heroes. So where are there some things, if you're a five at this, we're like, you know everything there is to know about life. What, what, what are some things there? Intelligence, like, like, yeah, academic intelligence. Playing for the NFL, you're a five no matter what. Doctors, you know, a doctor, five, no matter what. Caretakers, so, so we can think of these fives and we can think like, they just have it no matter what. The trick with this, folks, is that, that if, if we hold this up, we create sort of a crazy world because these two people see this five talent, and what do they think? Not good enough, less than. So please listen. You're all listening really carefully. So good. Thank you. So please listen carefully to this. When I do that, when I say, oh, he's got five, I only got two, and man, I only got one, you know, what do we tend to do with our gifts when we see this guy with the five? What do we tend to do? Bury the gifts. Do you see the point? We tend to bury the gifts. Now, sometimes you can get a two to hold it up for a little bit, like cooking hot dogs. But, but the one, the one is just going to bury their gift. Do you see this is the natural response? Could I please get an amen on that? This is just a natural human response. And notice it's the master in our head. It's the noise in our head, the itty-bitty, you fill in the blank committee, as some people call it. And, and that committee is the one that votes on all this. But here's the crazy part, folks. We know this about life. Does Beth have areas where she's a five? <laughs> Absolutely. Have you seen her dance? You know, Beth has areas where she's a five. You know, Deke, you're incredibly talented. I'm sure you got a few one areas in there. And Chris, SEO rocks. 
But where are you two? Mowing my lawn. Mowing your yard. So, so, but then we have all these other areas. And the fact is, folks, I think, I think what, what this is all about is trying to get us to this. It's trying, trying to get that, look, you've got all three in you. Every single one of you has a five. Every single one of you has a two. And every single one of you has a talent, has a talent that you're currently burying. because you're afraid of the mean master in your head who's going to tell you you're no good, that you're not enough. How dare you? When they come back from the next song, I want to talk about how it is that we move out of this and how do we celebrate five, five, and five. All right? You guys ready, Ray? Give them a round of applause, folks, as we go to our middle song here. Thank you guys very much. That beautiful concept sung about there, you know, time for a change and a time maybe where we can start to actually look at these things differently as, as part of our idea of work. I mean, I think this is God's point. Look at this beautiful passage here that talks from the Bible about what God is trying to do. Take a look at this idea of fanning the flames. Can we get it up there, the, the five talent guys? See if it comes up. All right. Trust me. It's a great. Oh, there it is. All right. For this reason, I remind you to fan. I'm going to have you say the flame word there. Fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline. I think it's real important for us to talk for a minute, woo, for us to talk about not mic- knocking over the microphone, but to talk for a minute about that, that one talent piece, that, 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 that bit of that one talent, how it all works, the one talent, and, and taking a look at how much of our life, look at this picture that they're going to put up here. This picture about, like, we hide a lot. We hide a lot. A lot of our life, I think we're doing this. You know, I, I don't know quite how to dive into this deeply enough, but, but I just want us to spend a minute for this. What is that voice in your head that's asking you to hide? What is that voice in your head that keeps on saying, not enough? What is that voice in your head that keeps on going, brother, sister, you're only one talent. Let me tell you about Chris. He's got five. Please say we all have that voice, right? We just do. And it should bring us to tears. Because I think we all can remember going back to that moment, right? We can go back to that moment where that happened, where somebody said something or did something, or maybe it was a parent, no doubt, some of the time, not even done intentionally. I don't want this to be like a parent guilt service. But they said something. Can I tell you guys a dirty secret? I love writing poetry. And in writing writing poetry uh, way back when, and, 
in junior high school, I'd, I'd written a poem. It actually got in the Knock High School Junior High School Yearbook. That fun or what? You can buy it on eBay for a lot of money. And, you know, shortly thereafter, I, I, I had some friends who found out that I liked writing poetry. Guess how well that goes over in Western Pennsylvania football culture? Doesn't. All it takes is a few little comments like that. And you can go right down to one talent, and not just one talent, but doing what with it, folks? Burying it. Because you're so afraid, you're so fearful, that somebody will maybe see that talent and actually say something or do something about it. It was interesting, uh, Brene Brown said, she has this category, she calls it art shaming. The many of us carry a sort of a shame trigger around something with art. You know, something where your art wasn't good enough or something like that. I mean, it was kind of funny. Some of you saw uh, for our family vacation, we did, a, we did a painting contest, you know, where everybody painted and we all held our paintings up. And a number of people on Facebook voted. None of you voted for the pastor. I just wanted, I just wanted, just want to say that. But we need to get so clear about that. You need to talk about that with me or with a loved one. What is that all about? Because, my dear friends, which of those three choices does God pick every time? The five, the two, or the one? Which one does he pick every time? Which one? He's going to work with the one, and he sees you all as, please say it together, he sees you all as fives. He sees you all as five. What is that gift we give to each other? And we see those we love as fives. When we do this really, really healthy mirroring of who they are. It's not a distorted sort of funny house mirror. It's not a mirror in the background where we're doing like bunny ears or anything like that. Where we're really mirroring them. I mean, guys, how good, how good, and you're welcome to like just shout out response here. How good does it feel to have somebody really see you? How good does that feel? It feels marvelous. Somebody actually sees you and sees your talent. And, and you see, folks, like, when we feel seen, when we're in that place of five talents and we feel seen, well, what are we like, most likely to do? Well, we're not going to just take that talent and bury it. We're going to go out and invest it out there into the world. We're going to end up with a lot of talent. And then that just explodes out there. Think of your favorite teacher you ever had. Who made a difference in your life? Think of the favorite coach you ever had. How did they make a difference in your life? Think of the best friend you ever had who really saw you and saw you for a five. What difference did they make in your life? Didn't you feel like you could do anything around them? Like you were, you were Wonder Woman, you were Superman, you were this, you were that. You were willing to just like, like give and you were willing to give abundantly. He who has will be given more. That's the way this parable closes. Like, when you have that place where we all want to go, that's what we're to give, and we're to give that as abundantly as we can. So, with our gifts, 
Can I tell you what your greatest gift is for everyone in here? This is your takeaway for the week. Your greatest gift. Your greatest gift is this. Take this week, show someone else their giftedness. That's your greatest gift. Because that's what that teacher you love to this day did. That's what that coach who loves you to this day did. That's what that friend to this day does. They see as a five. And because they see it that way, you're able to grow that way. That's the world that God intends. That's the whole point of this parable. That's where we're going. So I close with this, my friends. These words from Brene Brown. We cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And when we honor the spiritual connection that grows from that offering with trust, respect, kindness, and affection. Let's have a week living into that vulnerability, that gift. Let's live into those pieces. Let's figure out ways to remember that your most important gift is what you offer to others. It's the difference that we say here all the time between simply like acknowledging a blessing and ready for this, being the blessing. Let's have a week where we see. Amen. So, we're going to close the service now with a prayer. Please join me as we close today's service. So Lord, help us to open up. Help us to open up in ways that we can see anew. Help us to open up in ways, Lord, where we look at those places, as hard as they are, of one talent. And be able to understand, Lord, or look at that voice in our head, that, that taskmaster voice that keeps on saying, not enough, not enough, not enough. Allow us to look at it, to give it voice, to give it words, and to not give it power. To give it voice, to give it words, and to not give it power. Because it's just had power too long. And from there, Allow us to open up, to open up to the way that you see us, to open up that the five is within all of us, this gift, this wellspring, this beauty, this home, where we see ourselves as we truly are and where we're able to see others that way and allow us to remember that in the challenge many of us face in work, Maybe we can just breathe and just think, how do I offer a seeing here? How do I offer acknowledging a gift here? Even in times that are hard, even in work environments where we know that it will never come full circle back around to us. But that was never the call. That was never the game. It's always just been about giving. And what do we call that? Unconditional love. Just simple, unconditional love. Be with us, Lord, for a week of seeing. 
Be with us for a week of acknowledging. Be with us with a week simply filled with fives. Thank you for your presence here today, Lord. In your name, this Sunday, we close the service. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.